good morning. If you would, go ahead and take out your Bibles. We will be using them in, in just a moment as we go over this morning's lesson. And as you are doing so, I'd like to say welcome, extend the welcome that Charles extended. I hope that you all are as excited and pleased to be here as I am. We've had an abnormally warm weekend, and uh, not only has it warmed us up um, physically, but having the opportunity to spend some time maybe outdoors in, in God's creation, maybe spend some time together with one another. I think we have had the perfect opportunity this weekend to warm ourselves spiritually. And, and that's exactly how I feel this morning, warmed in heart uh, with, the, with the sight of all of you here with us, especially those that oftentimes can't be with us. Uh, as Charles mentioned, Clara and, and Georgia, it's just I think every one of us would say that we are just ex- excited to have you all with us and, and just picked up whenever you can worship with us. This morning, as we look at, at the lesson that I've prepared, we're continuing in this idea of, of these moral issues that, that face Christians today. And today's, it really is something that I've struggled with myself in the past, something that I've had to deal with. It's something that is close to, to my heart and really is something that even to this day I guard myself against because it's something that I was very much indebted to, enslaved to at one point in my life. This morning we are going to be looking at tobacco and the issue with the consumption of tobacco in the Christian's lives. We're looking at it in the form of maybe smoking, as in cigarettes or cigars or pipes. We're going to be looking at it in the sense of maybe smokeless tobacco, such as dip or chew. While we look at this addiction or or this vice, I want to look at how it can both affect us in a physical sense, and how it can also affect us in in a spiritual sense as well. Now this morning, if anything I say... Uh, up here feels like it maybe steps on a toe, I can go ahead and tell you that it stepped on my toes many times over the past. It is something that I've struggled with in my past to control in my own life. But I hope that by the end of this sermon that we will be better, better prepared, better informed, and that we might be determined to not let tobacco be something that destroys us in our future. Now in the past, the dangers of tobacco have not, ha- had not been fully understood. I can remember even just in, in not very far back in my own lives when, when we, uh, we were visiting a congregation outside of Kentucky. And, and several of the men in front of the congregation were outside smoking. And when it's time for service to start, they all put their cigarettes out in, in, the, in the ashtray that they had in front of the building. And they went inside. And in the past, this was a very common thing to see. It wasn't something that was really foreign. A lot of people took place in this habit. And, and in fact it prompted me to consider it a harmless habit because we didn't truly know the dangers that were involved. And even still today, many people take it lightly. But I want to go over some of the evidence that we have for the harmful effects that tobacco can have in our lives. And it can be said that the, the evidence is completely overwhelming. There's a landslide of evidence and statistics on tobacco. The first thing I want to look at is the mortality, the overall mortality of tobacco use. Tobacco use is the leading preventable cause of death in the United States. Let me say that again because I found this very interesting. Make sure we understand what's being said here. Of all the causes of death in the United States, the ones that are preventable, the ones that we can actually do something about, tobacco use is number one. It is the number one largest cause of death. Cigarette smoking alone causes an estimated 438,000 deaths per year. 
per year. That's one out of every five deaths in the United States is linked to cigarette smoking. In fact, there are more deaths caused by cigarette smoking, by tobacco use, than from the human HIV virus, than from illegal drug use, from alcohol use, from, from motor vehicle injuries, from suicides, from murder. There is more deaths caused by tobacco than all of these things, not alone. All of these things combined, all of these things put together, more people die every year because of a little stick of tobacco. In fact, on average, adults who smoke cigarettes are more likely to die 14 years earlier than those who do not. Now, all these, all these facts that I'm bringing up, they come from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They're on their website. We can go and we can, we can fact check all of these and, and check them out for people who have done extensive amounts of research on this. Uh, lots and lots of money every year is spent uh, on studying what, what the effects that this one, uh, this one vice has on, on, on people. Let's look also at some other diseases that come from, from tobacco use. Lung cancer uh, is attributed for over 123,000 deaths. Other types of cancers that come from, from tobacco use are attributed to over 34,000 deaths. Chronic lung disease. Chronic lung disease is attributed to over 90,000 deaths. Coronary heart disease. Over 86,000 deaths. And stroke. Strokes related to tobacco use are linked to over 17,000 deaths. Now all these are not just on their own, but lung cancers tied back too specifically to tobacco use. Chronic lung disease, heart disease, strokes, all tied back specifically to tobacco use. They, these, these numbers, by the way, these are per year. These are per year people who die who develop these, can these diseases and die because of tobacco. And again, these, these facts are still from the Centers of Dis for Disease Control. So the, the statistics on tobacco are, are completely overwhelming. What it can have an effect on our body, what it can do to us, how it can, it can cause our, our lungs to fight against us and, and bringing in air, our heart to struggle with just simply pumping the blood that we need to survive through our body. But not alone does it just affect us. But we also see that there is a, a real effect of secondhand smoke. Secondhand smoke exposure causes heart disease. It causes lung cancers in those who don't smoke at all. It causes approximately 3,400 lung cancer deaths and between 22,000 and 69,000 uh, heart disease deaths annually among people who don't smoke, among non Smokers, and these are adult non-smokers, adult non-smokers in the United States. It causes respiratory symptoms in children. It slows their lung growth. And it causes sudden infant death syndrome, uh, uh, more commonly known as SIDS, where, where a, a child may be laid down sometimes simply for a nap in just a few hours' time. And when the parent comes back to find their child has, has suddenly and tragically died. That is one side effect of tobacco use. It causes respiratory infections. It causes ear problems. It causes frequent and severe asthma attacks. And in fact, almost 60% of children in the United States, that's almost 22 million children, 
are exposed to secondhand smoke. And there is no risk-free level. No risk-free level of all at all. Even a brief exposure can potentially be dangerous. And this also goes to other forms of tobacco use as well. Pipe smoking. Pipe smoking and cigar smoking increases the risk of dying from cancers of the lung, the esophagus, the larynx, and the oral cavity. These things are more dangerous even than, than cigarettes. And the smokeless tobacco, such as, such as dip or snuff, chew, these things contain up to 28 cancer-causing agents. Those are known as carcinogens. Smokeless tobacco use increases the risk for developing oral cancers. And adolescents who use smokeless tobacco are more likely to become cigarette smokers in the future. Again, all of these facts, these facts, they come from, from a, an organization that has spent <laughs> hours and years studying and looking at this and the effects that it has on us. And in view of such evidences of the harmful effects of tobacco use, I want to suggest that there are many good reasons today why Christians should abstain from tobacco use. <clears throat> the first thing I want to consider is the effect that it has on our body. And when we look at all these facts that we've just went over, and we, we consider this effect that we have on our body, let's remember what the Bible teaches. First, turn to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6 and verses 19 through 20, a passage that we all know quite well, I imagine, says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own, for you were brought excuse me, for you were bought at a price. And therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This passage we are told to remember, remember that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we stop to think about that for a minute, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, do we get a, an idea of how important our bodies should be to us? When Jesus saw the temple of God being desecrated, by those uh, of his day who were selling things and were making a mockery of it? Did he, did he treat it with, a, with an idea of, of acceptance? Did he look at it and say, well, it's just a building. It's, it's just a place. Or did he look at it and, and with, with zeal and, and with, with curiosity say, this is not right? And did he cleanse that temple? Today we don't view the church building or any physical structure as the temple of the Lord, but we rather, judging off this passage alone, we see that it is our body. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are we, are we treating the temple with the right sort of attitude? And we go on to read that our bodies have been bought and are not our own. Do we also understand that? Sometimes we think, well... I will, give of, I will give of the spiritual things to the Lord. I will give of my heart. I will give all of my heart to the Lord. And will focus all of my thoughts. And, and I will even focus my actions. And I will act the way God expects me to act. And I will give of my time. I, I, will, I will be at services whenever, whenever the doors are open. And I will come and worship with His people. With, with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And maybe I will even give of my money. Sometimes maybe, maybe I, will, I will give what I can afford. Other times I will give even more than I can afford. But how often do we think of our bodies as something that has been bought? Something not belonging to us. Something that we also have to give to the Lord. 
Give to the Lord in ways of service to Him. Give to the Lord in the actions that we take. Are we using our bodies to glorify God? Are we using our bodies as instruments in which we can serve our Lord? Romans 12 tells us that. Over in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Then it goes on in in chapter 6. Chapter 6 and verse 13. It reads, And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And in verse 19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. We see here the, this description describing our bodies as instruments in which we serve our Lord. I have to wonder, I have to ask myself, what sort of instrument might Paul have been? If he had allowed something like, like like cigarettes, like tobacco, to affect him to where he could maybe not go on the journeys that he went on. Uh, now, now, fortunately today, we don't have to have quite the same physical endurance to be able to walk 30 miles maybe to the next town. We can hop in our vehicles and drive. But nonetheless, we need to be taking care of our bodies so that we can physically serve the Lord in the ways that we have the opportunity to serve Him. And that doesn't just rule out tobacco that doesn't just focus on tobacco that focuses on other things such as maybe our eating habits or the way that we take care of our body the way that we exercise what God has been given us and I don't want to try to suggest to you that God has has bought this body and expects for us to return to him some sort of Olympian athlete but he does suggest and he does require for us to take care of what he has given us that's the next point I want to look at our bodies They are a reflection of our stewardship. We are all stewards, as 1 Peter 4.10 says, we are all stewards of God's manifold grace. And our duty is to be faithful in what is given to us. Look over now in 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 4, and in verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. How can we be found faithful in our stewardship? Maybe if we look at it in a different light, we look at our stewardship of our money. If we are given some money. Uh, maybe, maybe it was an allowance that our, that our parents gave me. Maybe it's the money that our employer gives us for the service to him. And we have that money and we have obligations that we should meet with that money. Maybe it's taking care of our family. But instead we, we blow it on, uh, maybe it's something like gambling. Or maybe it's something like the newest tech that is out there. Maybe the, the iPhone 7. Uh, maybe that'll be the next one that comes out. I don't know. The newest piece of tech comes out. And we say, we got to have that. And I know I don't have the money right now to buy it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ignore some things, and I'm going to go get that one piece of item that I really have to have. Maybe it's the new biggest and best TV or a new vehicle that's just got all the bells and whistles. Would someone look at us and say, well, we were very faithful with our money? If we maybe neglected our ability to be hospitable to others, our ability to give 
to the work in, a, in, a, in our local congregation. No, we would look at it as being unfaithful. We weren't good stewards of our money. And likewise, with our body, are we faithful with what we have been given as a steward over? In Luke 16, verses 10 through 12, we are told that we will be judged in how we use what was given to us. Turn over to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, it says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. And therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Maybe we're tempted to think this is kind of a, a small issue, our body. There are so many more important things that we should be focusing on, like matters of the heart. Those are things that we should really be looking at. And you know what? I would agree with you. I would agree with you on that. Our bodies are a small thing. But as Jesus says here, he was faithful in what is least. He was faithful in the small things. will be faithful in the big things, in the important things. He was faithful in maybe taking care of the body. He who's faithful in that will be more apt to be faithful in the things of the heart, in the things that really matter. What if someone borrowed something? What if someone was, if you gave something of yours for someone to borrow and they misused it? And they weren't faithful in their stewardship of it. I'm going to use Logan for an example because I know Logan He's a good steward of his car. Whenever something is wrong with it, he's asking questions. How do I fix this? What do I need? He goes and takes advice. I want to make sure that my car is running properly. So maybe I go to Logan and say, hey, I need to borrow your car for for an evening. And I imagine he would cautiously, well, what are you going to do with it? What do you need it for? Maybe I can drive it for you. But but maybe he he says, okay, you you can borrow, borrow my car. And so I take it home. And I bust all the windows out of it. And I get me a great big piece of chain. And I chain all the doors shut. I tear the fuel tank out. And I put a little fuel cell in the back. And I enter it in the county fair in the demolition derby. I spray paint a big 01 on the side of it. And maybe I win. Maybe I'm the best demolition derby driver that this county has ever seen. And I come back and I've got this big trophy. And I say, look, Logan. I smashed up your car and it's barely running. But I got a trophy. I did good. Do you think he's going to care about that trophy? Do you think he's going to look at that and he's going to say, thanks a lot. This really means really a whole bunch. I'm going, to set this, I'm going to set this in my house where I can see it. Every time I look at that car and I'm furious of what you did in my car, maybe that trophy will, will take my mind off of it. Logan's going to be very upset with me for doing that. And I'm going to be viewed as someone who, who was a very, very poor steward of what was given to me. Do we look at our bodies the same way? God has, has blessed us with the bodies that we have. Are we being good stewards of their bodies? Because the fact is, years, years cut short by tobacco, those are not just, just years lost to us and our families. Yes, it, it certainly brings a pain there, but it's also lost opportunities. Opportunities to serve God. Opportunities to glorify God. Lost. Because of how we chose to live our lives. But not just alone do I want to look at the effects that our bodies have. 
also want to look at the effect that we have on others. How we hurt them. How we oftentimes even may be killing them through secondhand smoke. How we might be burdening a family financially. Maybe it's, maybe it's with the cost of, of, of the product alone. I, as I said before, this was something that I struggled with in years past. And I don't know, I have no idea what the cost of a, a pack of cigarettes is today. But I do know one thing, that oftentimes one pack, one pack won't get someone through a week. And so we, we, we stopped buying packs now, now we're buying cartons. Cartons of cigarettes. And we're paying large amounts of money, sometimes even on a weekly basis, just to keep this vice, this thing that makes us feel good. And it does. We understand that. It's something that we feel like we need. But we're spending money on this. And then in the future... As it starts to have a toll on our body, we start to see that there may be hospital bills that start to pile up. Things that are directly related to our use of tobacco. And maybe even hospital bills that not only pile up while we're alive, maybe hospital bills that pile up after we, we leave this world. Not only do we risk depriving our family of, of, of a spouse, or of a parent, or even of a child, but we also risk leaving them with the burden of having to financially plan for that, having to set money aside so that they can, they can be taken care of in this instance. And not only do we affect our family, not only do we affect our opportunity to, to serve God, but we affect the church. We leave the church and we leave the society and we, we live in lacking, needing the talents and the services that we can provide and we take that away. So we have to look at this and we have to ask ourselves, is slowly killing ourselves, is, is it harming and, and harming others, is that showing love? Is that reflecting the love of Christ or is that showing selfishness on our behalf? And then we also must, affect, or must consider our effect on our influence. <clears throat> we are role models. Romans 1 and verse 8 tells us uh, the kind of role models that we should be. In this passage, <clears throat> this passage, Paul says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Throughout the whole world, your faith is spoken of. And then in, verse, in chapter 16, chapter 16 and verse 19, he says, For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. We must, we must, must, must understand that we have influence. We have it. There's nothing we can do to, to get around that. We have influence, but is it influence for good or is it influence for ill? Consider Philippians 3. In verse 17, can we say what Paul says here? In verse 17, he says, Brethren, join in following my example. Join in following my example. Can we say that if we are killing ourselves with tobacco use? Can we say that to someone and, and really hope for them to be like us? For hope for them to, to be like us where maybe we can't even get through a whole song without being feeling like we're out of air. Maybe we, we realize, maybe it's affected us to a point now already where, where we have heart problems. Do we really have the ability to look at someone and say, be like me? Do we consider 
the effect that we have on even saving other people. 1 Corinthians 10. Back over in, the, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. It says, Therefore, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. And then chapter 11 and verse 1, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Let us ask the question again, does tobacco help or does tobacco hinder our efforts to share Christ with others? The harmful effects of tobacco have been clearly established. The scientific evidence is overwhelming, and even our own bodies, our own bodies tell us by the way that they react to smoke. As I told you at the beginning of the sermon, this is a problem that has affected me for a great deal of my life. Even to this day is a problem that I, that I make efforts to, to make sure that it doesn't affect me in the future. I'm nearly 30 years old now, and one third of my life I was addicted. I was trapped. And it was really, really hard for me to quit, but it was not impossible. One, because I had, had, had loving friends who cared for me and wanted me to quit for my health's sake. But more important than that, because I had a loving God who cared for me and wanted me to be useful to Him. Answered the prayers that I prayed to Him. As Christians today, we, we, have, we have plenty of reasons to abstain from tobacco use. Whether it be for health reasons or whether it be for our spiritual reasons. And for those who are addicted, it's not easy to stop. But you must understand that you have friends who love you. And you have a God who loves you. And we all want to work together because we want to spend a lifetime together. A full lifetime together making memories. And a full lifetime together working together. Spreading God's word and worshiping Him in song. And doing all of this together. And we don't want that time cut short. And I trust that we might, that we have seen that we should be making efforts to try and rid ourselves of any habit that could potentially destroy us, whether it be in body or whether it be in soul. And that we work hard to try and take those things out of our lives. This morning, maybe, maybe you don't have a problem with tobacco use. Maybe tobacco has absolutely no effect on you whatsoever. But maybe you realize there is something in your life that does have an effect on your soul. Whether it, be, whether, whether it be the sins that are in your life that have not been washed away by the blood of Christ. And by the, the commitment that you need to make to the Lord in obedience to Him. In these situations we understand there that we have a loving God. Who as Acts 17 said, He, he, he ignored times of ignorance at one time. But now in this day, He asks us, He commands us. To repent. To turn away from that sinful life. And He offers us salvation. 
And if that be what you need this morning, if that be your desire, then I ask that you don't wait. You don't wait for us to, to, to have some more opportune time. You wait or you make that choice today. But maybe you've made that choice and maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe it's some other thing that, that you know has crept into your life, has divided your, your attention from God maybe, or has divided your ability to serve God in some way. Maybe it is tobacco. No matter what it is, this morning, right now, I would ask that you consider these things. And you consider your God. You consider how He loves you and what price He has paid for you. And you consider your brothers and sisters here at this congregation and the love that we have for you. And if there is some way that we can help you this morning, I encourage you to come forward now as we stand and sing.